We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. The three amigos pre-recorded tonight, I'm afraid, because uh, I'm unavailable to do a live, uh, and it's only an hour long, but a few of your usual favourites, including these two gents, Steve and Mitch. Good evening, mate. Good evening, lads. Good evening. Good to see you, and let's let's talk about Sunderland Newcastle first, lads. FA Cup draw. Um, we were talking about it last week. Uh, every time we get asked the question, who would you like? Most of us say we'd love the Mackhams. We've got them. Um, at the time of broadcast, uh, recording this broadcast, which is Thursday, uh, it's been confirmed. It's going to be on the Saturday. It's going to be 12.45 kickoff. It's going to be on ITV. Rumours coming from Sunderland and uh, my, my friend Ted the Mackham, who does the Northeast Footy Brecky show with us on Toon Radio, suggests we probably will get in the region of 4,800. That's what's coming out of Sunderland tonight. Um, that may well or may well not have been confirmed by the time this goes out, but... What a draw, Mitch. That's the draw we, we all wanted. Um, and, and for me, from a football point of view, it, it's a chance for us to, you know, to, to really show them what we've got and, um, you, know, yeah. give, you know, give it to them, give it to them with um, both barrels, I would say, on the pitch. And a fabulous kickoff time for us here in Dubai. Oh, is it? Really? <laughs> what time? What, so what time is that in be, Dubai? We're four, four hours ahead at the minute. Brilliant. So it'll be 4.45 our time, so... 20 well, Jager bombs in by then. We've already had a chat. Um, we're going to have a just chat with because obviously we're off, off out tonight to watch the Everton game. We're going to yeah. have a chat with a bar. We'll put a brunch on before the game. Lovely. Uh, it'll sell out. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we can take... Uh, we, we could do a Mac and theme brunch, couldn't we? You could blue, do one. blue drinks and cheesy chips and hula hoops. <laughs> and... <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, what a game, um, mate. But yeah, I mean... and. and yeah, it, it, it's it's been a long time coming. I still think it'll be a long time before we'll play them again in the league. Um, the way the manager's just departed suggests all is not well behind the scenes there. Um, and they, let's be honest, they would give their entire season up to beat us. And that's the measure, is, is we've got to go there. And actually going there probably works in our favour a little bit. We've, just, we've shown at home against lower league teams in the cup we can fuck up sometimes um that'll keep on my metal we've got to go into their place and it'll be full um the kind of atmosphere we've thrived on in paris the kind of atmosphere we've thrived on in manchester um if we've got for four thousand eight hundred of, of our lads and lasses there that's fantastic because it means they'll definitely be heard um and the presence will be felt. Um, and I think that's important. Um, and yes, it'd be an interesting yardstick. Going back to Skunkers times, I remember being told by one of the Mackhams on there, um, when we got relegated the first time, they would be late years ahead of us. Well, I think we'll see the measure of late years in January, won't we? You're on mute, Steve. I just noticed there, thank you though for telling us, um, Steve, this is going to be the first time 
Sunderland have had a full house since Beyonce was there. Um, earlier, right? <laughs> earlier, earlier this year, uh, but it's 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 a big fixture, Steve, and it's it, it's missed by me. I know some people would like to see Sunderland, you know, in the conference. Um, I'm not like that. I'd like to see them in the Premier League uh, with us above them, beating them, you know, home and away. But you know, it's not meant to be. Um, unless they get a takeover of, of of magnitude, I've got to agree with Mitch. I don't think we'll see them in the Premier League. But no. never say never. Things don't seem as well as they possibly could be uh, at the stadium alike. But um, it's a, it's a draw we. We wanted and we've got it, and we've, we've got to we've got to make sure that those Geordie lads in the dressing room, the likes of Dan Byrne, Mark Gillespie, uh, you know Sean Longstaff, uh, Elliot Anderson, all of these people, you know, go around that dressing room, let everybody know exactly what this game means. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know what, Steve, that list of Geordie's getting longer and longer. We add Lewis Miley to that, uh, Paul Dummett to the list. Uh, we've got a few adopted Geordies as well. Don't forget. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean. <laughs> The thing, the thing with it is, this is a, a, a game that's going to get talked about, not for a week beforehand, but it's being talked about for a month beforehand. I mean, it's a month this weekend uh, to come that will the game's on the sixth of Jan. Um, you know, we've just we've just passed the sixth of December. We're talking about it already. The, the players, can you imagine what the hysteria is going to be like by that week? It's just going to be monumental. Um, and this is this is what it's all about. This is because people. Have slagged the tang side and, and we are side off um, for an awful long time when we've used those words hotbeds of soccer um, very historically. But uh, this will this will show the world that you know and and the rest of the country when it comes to FA Cup time because it's the best competition in the world as well, um, the oldest competition in the world. Uh, it'll show them what what football passion is all about, black and white and red and white passion because we're going to see it. There's no question about that. Um, I'm with you, Steve. I would I I always want them to be below where. I think we have missed the derbies. Um, four or five years ago, I might have been different. I might have been wanting them to, uh, to be sitting at the bottom, uh, as you say, in the conference and never to be seen again. But in reality, you want to pit yourself against your local rivals because you always want to beat your local rivals. And this is our first opportunity in a number of years to do so. And uh, just can't wait. You're on mute again, mate. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the room I'm in, and people keep coming in, so I'm just trying to keep the uh, keep the keep the show flowing. But I'm on a hat trick now, lads. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, the you know the the northeast is going to get a chance to showcase football on that day as well. Because Middlesbrough uh, are also on TV um, yeah. on that on that particular day, so it's a it's a real showcase day for for the northeast. Which derby stands out for you, Mitch, in the history of Newcastle United and Sunderland derbies? Um, is it, is the one that was is your particular favourite. You don't have to have been there, but I guess for me, yeah. it is tied. Um, I, I think the top one for me, if, if I was going to say away days, was was Roker Park and Liam O'Brien's free kick. That was my particular favourite uh, away day. I mean, I know we saw Brian, Brian Taylor over the wall there as well, but that one for me is probably my top one. Um, for the home performances, it's got to be 85 and Beardsley's hat-trick. And... Kevin Nolan's, you know, Kevin Nolan's big day and Halloween and the 5-1. Uh, that's probably my three. But is there any ones that stand out? Same ones as me? Different ones? Pretty similar. Uh, you could go with all of those. Um, I did especially enjoy the 4-1 the where Luke A wrapped it up. Um, even more so because myself and me made Frecky were in the home end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sitting on my hands. But at the end, we're getting dogs abuse off of the off the Geordies. Well, have like just sit? <laughs> um, uh, and I, I don't think we said anything because we managed to catch a bus to the time tunnel, and we didn't say anything until we were through the time tunnel, and then it just all ripped out, you know. Um, and another one that I was in the home end for with the nil nil playoff game, oh. uh, which you know, which ended with Hardyman trying to kick Budgie's head off. After missing the penalty and uh, that, because that was a really, that was a nasty game. That one. I was there. If that game there. had been played today, it would have ended eight against eight. The mm-hmm. type of challenges that were going in that day it was it was it was brutal. Um, and of course, we came away from that thinking we'd we'd done the business, and then we got gubbed at St James's. Um, which is the one of the few games I can actually remember here in the rush of the net as the ball nestled into it when Gabbiadini took it over the top of the keeper. Because there was just silence in the Gallagher there. It was just 
silent for a second, you know. Um, but you know, it, it, there's so many of them I can remember. Many of them that revolve around incidents on the day. We was talking on a on a group chat that I'm on. It's funny we we were talking on the, one of the matters group chats about the the derby. When we were talking about that trip there, um, when they made you get the bus and everybody had been in the garden from half past seven in the morning. And so by the time everybody was getting to Sunderland, because they took the most ridiculous route, everybody was dying for a pee. And those lads peeing in Coke cans and crisp packets and God knows what else. <laughs> it was a nightmare trip. Um, meanwhile, on the NUFC Dubai group chat, we were talking about how we stopped Carly from dancing on the tables. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, God, <laughs> this is this is what uh, Derby days do the, 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 to normally sensible human beings. <laughs> Steve, your favourite derby? Um, I think I think the five-one Kevin Nolan. Um, that that for me, and there was just something about that game. It was one of those everything clicked matches. Um, the 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 from the from the moment the game kicked off right until the very end, there was something to talk about, something to get behind. Uh, the atmosphere in that game was second to none. I personally think. Um, Away games, I think I would go for the Luke A4-1. Um, Shira's final goal um, hobbled off with an injury. With, I don't think we appreciated at the time how bad it was um, for Alan. Um, but for, for him, personally, to score, if we take the injury away, for him to score what turned out to be his last goal for Newcastle in a derby, um, a penalty. He'd had missed a couple of penalties in derbies before. Um, but other other memorable games. You, you mentioned Bielsa. I, I was in I was in Manchester when that game was on, and I remember sitting with uh, Paddy Crerand, um after Manchester United had uh, just been beaten at home, and uh, him extolling the virtues of Peter Beardsley when the score came up on the TV um, that that we'd won, and praising us to high heaven. Um, unfortunately, the bloke on the other side of the table wasn't so magnanimous. Uh, a certain Mr. Gordon Strachan, who uh, we pal looked at him and said, uh, it was me pal Chris, he said, oh, you, you, apparently one of your lads missed a penalty, uh, at which point Strachan got up, nearly knocked the table over and stormed off. And uh, Paddy Crear and Chris looked and said, what's up with him? And he said, he's what you lads in Newcastle would call a huffy little bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the far corner well, was there was Brian Robson, Gordon McQueen, um, Arthur Alberston, uh, you name it. The whole drinking squad were in in the corner, and uh, I just remember somebody else going over to Robbo and just saying, like, "Yeah, it's like that to him," you know, um, asking him if he was a Geordie or if he was a Macam because he was from Chesley Street. <laughs> All those little things that ring true, you know. Um, but uh, and then uh, of course the one that you've just mentioned, Mitch, the the the, the famous budgie one. I was on holiday in um, in Greece and I left the, the playoff semi. I left the money for the for the final with me pal. So assured was I that we were going to get through. We'd gone on holiday that week and we we're coming back just before the final. So I left the money with him for to make sure he could get me ticket. And uh, I don't think I ever got that money back, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> worth a few quid now, but of interest on that, Steve. Ah, there would be, aye. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing with the Derby games, there's always a memory, isn't there? There's always something. Um, there's always an incident, um, whether it's off the pitch or on the pitch. There's always something happens in between. I remember um, we went to a talking um, before one of the Derby games uh, in the midweek. Um, Kevin Ball was was one of the the the, uh, the people on the panel. I think Ando was on. Um, I forget who else. And uh, it turned into a right ding dong match. Um, it was in the of all places, the Bridge Hotel in Newcastle, in the little wow. room upstairs. Um, and it was it had been put on by Radio Newcastle, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, and it, uh, I've got, I've got to admit, Bally did like hold his own, you know, in terms of the dogs abuse he was getting, the abuse he was thrown back, and he, he did take it all in, 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 uh, in good faith. Um, and as, as, as everybody said, this is what comes out in the derby, you know, it brings out all sorts of emotions, um, and that's what, that's why I'm saying, like the build up now with a month to go, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
um, both on Tyneside and on Weir side, isn't it? It's the it's already the, the topic of conversation. As soon as that, as soon as the, those figures came out to say that it was twelve forty five kickoff and it was going to be on TV, I had people messaging saying uh, where we're going to go, where we're going to go and watch the game. Um, some of the lads from work, you know, do you think we'll be able to get in? Do you think we'll be able to get tickets? What's what's the crap with tickets? What's how's it going to be? Um, so it's 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 buzzing already, Steve, and it's just going to be better. Isn't it funny we get this this fixture in this season when we've been talking about ticketing and everybody's been talking about loyalty points? Yeah. And this is actually the fixture that we're designed for. That's right. 100% blame. <laughs> this is actually the only reason they were ever brought in. Yeah. The Magams are billing it as the North East versus the Middle East. I've seen the t shirt. Yeah, I've seen the t shirt. You know, that's you know the, the kind only, of... only thing that's gone on longer than going on about the, the time we had Derby is Arsenal fans on Twitter talking about a certain goal of it 32 days today. <laughs> so they've gone past the lunar month and the calendar month. I wonder if they're going to make it to Christmas. Happy yeah. anniversary to the, uh, the Gooners uh, yeah. for uh, this. We should this start insane... the calendar, shouldn't we? Just keep opening the window. Yeah. <laughs> Another picture of them. Goal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's behind the door today. Oh, goal. <laughs> what do you what do you think by what do you think's behind door number twenty four? Oh, it's Jesus heading a goal against us. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. The slightly offside position. Uh, as always, we've got a lot to get through on uh, uh, on the amigos, and only an hour to do it uh, today. So uh, it is time for tweet of the week. <laughs> Once again, if anyone is offended by any of these tweets, then uh, it's not my fault. It's not the channel's fault. It's not Mitch's fault. It's not Steve Hasty's fault. It is all done purely for entertainment. And here is the uh, first picture of a door being sent. Apparently, that's the new Weight Watchers entrance. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, what are you doing? I'm drawing the perfect woman, but you forgot the mouth. I said the perfect woman. Oh. Yes. Some of our female fans won't be happy with some of these. Uh, there's the uh, latest from Jimmy. He says, tweet of the week. I think I'll order a pizza. Definitely, Jimmy. And this one from Stephen Kennedy, as do the waitresses, he says. <laughs> Food that goes down easy. Titanic. <laughs> and we've had a few of these postcard, picture postcard ones. He's got your eyes, as the child says, pink underwear. <laughs> I love this, lads, and I can't remember this. When Swan Hunter was threatened with closure and everyone was uncertain on their jobs, a bus pulled up and a guy walked into reception. He said, my name's Kevin Keegan. I brought the team down to cheer the lads up if that's okay. Forgot all about it. I, you know, one of those situations where KK just literally took the team bus from training down to Swan Hunters. Amazing, that. Great photograph um, and uh, great, a great, great memory. Uh, Soda Pop Kid, thanks for this. He says, someone thinks they're funny. Uh, wet, <laughs> wet floor. In a swimming pool. Across the pool, brilliant. And this one from Tim, he says, it's got to be one for a Friday night. And uh, he says, uh, yeah, well, I think you can read that, but it's from one of our feathered friends. Instant, <laughs> instant karma, he says. Uh, I'm not reading that one out. Uh, Dad, can I put the heating on? Yeah, but it's part of your Christmas present. Ooh. <laughs> be like that in a few houses, I bet. A few more Christmassy ones have been sent in. Remember when wrapping a hoover, leave it in the box. Correct. Very good picture, that. And this one, Elf on the Shelf, of course. <laughs> Get lots of those. Um, and this is a great one. Why so glum, Bing? My, flatable my inflatable arse has gone flat. You can borrow my rubber bum pump. Rubber bum pump, rubber bum pump. <laughs> <laughs> rubber bum pump, rubber bum pump, rubber bum pump. Very good, that. Um, walk, uh, walking in a winter wonderland there. That's, I like that one. Yeah. And I'd sing you a Christmas song, but I hate carols, says Tiger <laughs> King. <laughs> a lot of women actually turn into good drivers. So if you're a good driver, watch out for turning women, said Stephen Kennedy. Oh. He's at it again, lad. Yes. And this one was good from 100% Mags. He says, how old is Stu Penman, guys? I've got him here in 1963 with his famous 3-1. <laughs> On NUSC.com. That was very good, that, by the way. I missed that last week, but that was excellent. Thank you. Uh, David Last says, must have been some header. Ah, oh, fantastic. 
<laughs> it never gets too old. Never get too old that photo, by the way, does it? Um, this one. Uh, it's that one, yeah. Sorry, if only. <laughs> I told you I had a few of these picture postcard ones. I remember the days when you could get a dozen pairs of knickers on that line, says the guy to his wife. <laughs> I thought there would have been another response on there. And this one, I'll just use this to remove some excess saliva. Kind <laughs> of beat us. This man's been in the news this week. Never hold your hands behind your back when posing for a photo with the police. <laughs> and. Can kestrels fly at night, lads? All kestrels, all kestrels maneuver in the dark. Oh, man! <laughs> uh, this was great from Lonzy Lonzy. There is only one Bruno, and it ain't you. Now get up, you melt. That's brilliant, that. It is. It's a good one. <laughs> and this is a great one of those tweets uh, about text messages. HMRC refund. You've got an outstanding tax refund of three hundred and twenty-eight pounds thirty-six pence from twenty twenty-two to twenty twenty-three. Following instructions to claim your money. Is this a scam? No. Swear on your mum's life. I swear, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to British Gas. Never be afraid to cut someone off. Oh. And uh, a little bit of a different take on Adele. Oh, very clever. And Soda Pop Kid again. There's our favourite environmentalist. Greta. Yeah. Mm. And this one sums up Twitter in uh, in general. Stephen forgets that he isn't on the internet. <laughs> and breaking news, Weatherspoons have introduced lap dancers to increase Christmas turnover. Oh, God. And this one. Found on a toilet. Please don't flush. Getting tape measure. Possible world record. <laughs> Yes, it's Star Wars one for the week. Only Star Wars fans will see it. That is clever. Very good. Very good, yeah. isn't it? And here's your Star Trek one for this week. Every morning I take my cow on a long walk through the local vineyard. You don't mean, yes, I heard it through the grapevine. Oh, God. And you wonder what all this injecting stuff into your lips <laughs> is going to look like in the future, lads? <laughs> <laughs> Seen a few of them in Dubai, didn't we? <laughs> And if you've got a problem, lads, do you have a problem with having baked beans touching your other stuff on your breakfast? No, not me. Some people, some people get very particular. They don't like it to mix in with the tomato sauce. Yeah, you make a break walk over your sausage. So, the, well, this is it. Somebody, Alan Partridge's account on Twitter um, actually suggested you use the sausage. But there you go. Uh, a well-known hotel brand have decided to put that in on their plate so it keeps the beans away. Right. Bean barrier. <laughs> Be, being very inventive, you could say. And uh, name that tune, lads. Little Donkey. Thank you. Well done, Steve. How wise of you not to attempt a tune? No. And uh, Glenn McCartney said this, when the Christmas lights go up in the house, it's time to remember the best reply to a tweet ever. Here's Jerry Adams from Sinn Féin. This house is like Santa's Grotto. Takes off an hour to switch off fairy lights and assorted Yule illuminations. I feel like a Grinch now. To the reply, surely you know someone who can fit a timer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the real Jerry Adams. Uh, Suzanne, Suzanne Bell says, my front entrance is quite dog. What can I do to lighten it up and make it look more inviting? George Armour replied, shave it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was your winner this week. Um, two absolute belters to finish off with. Uh, keep them coming. We'll love your uh, tweets of the week. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Okay, back to NUFC matters and football matters. David De Gea linked with Newcastle uh, over the last few weeks because he's basically doing nothing. Uh, He's out of contracts and he's a free agent. But Eddie Howe, in his press conference prior to the Everton game, said that they haven't been in contact with him or any other keeper and that they're quite happy with the two keepers they've got, um, namely... Um, our friend Loris Karius and, of course, Martin Dubravka, who is uh, now in between the sticks at the time of pre-recording this show on Thursday. So, you know, are we happy with those two keepers for now? We've also got Mark Gillespie, Mitch. Um, I still think it's an area we need to improve moving forward. But, you know, between now Long- and that four months that Nick Pope's out, are you happy with that? Long-term, maybe, but it was it's the only area that we could really suffer another injury in. 
yeah. comfortably. Um, and there's enough of our fan base have been moaning little bits here and there about Pope this and Pope that. So now you're going to get what you wanted. Um, let's see the Brav Gary in. Um, the beauty of it is it's not like it's a change. It's somebody who's played with most of our back four before, if not um, on a regular basis. Um, there'll be a little bit of reacquainting themselves for what he's comfortable to come for versus what Pope might be or not. Um, the consensus is he's better with his feet than Pope, allegedly. Um, I'm not convinced about that myself, but that's what I keep hearing people say. Um, and I think we've got to trust in him and, and have some faith in him. Uh, we know he's a good keeper. We know on his day he's a top-class shot stopper uh, and can do great things. And so we've got to be comfortable with someone who is Premiership experienced and, and good to go. Uh, it's it's not like it's we've got to reacquaint it, somebody who's barely played a minute with everyone. Um, the way, for example, Carrius Blessing was chucked in at the deep end in a, in a cup final, for example. Um, but no, I'm comfortable with it. Um, yes, I think you're right going forward. I think it's an area we've got to look at to possibly give Pope a little more competition. Um, but let's see. But I'm, I'm comfortable with Dubravka coming in. I don't have an issue with that one little bit. Steve, Dubravka really just, I guess, upset quite a few people when he went to Manchester United, said what he said. I mean, he was trying to fit in with a new club. I, I genuinely don't think he said anything which really upset me. You know, he was going to Manchester United, which unfortunately is still classified as the biggest club in the world. We can't, you know, we can't take away all their history. They, you know, they had a pretty good run under Alex Ferguson. Um, but but ultimately, you know, you know, he, he was trying to, I don't know, ingratiate himself with a support, get himself into the club. Probably felt he was going to be there for the rest of his career. Didn't realise that you know he'd been taken down there for whatever reason. Um, didn't get a look in, had to come back with his tail between his legs. But I think he served his penance. And there's one thing about Dubravka, he was a, he was a class keeper. He, he just unfortunately found himself out of favour with, with Eddie Howe for whatever reason. So now he's called upon, he, he'll be using this opportunity either to play his way into Eddie's plans and, and, and take that shirt or, you know, play it to, to uh, you know, improve himself and, and, and to show that, He's worth taking a gamble on if, if Newcastle want to still move him out at some point. So, you know, it's it's a win-win for, for Dubravka and, and for Newcastle and obviously solves the problem. He's, he, he is a good keeper. He's got a good kick on him and, um, you know, perfect replacement for Nick Pope short term for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Fabian Shaw, eh, Fabian Shaw, I think Dubravka was a bit of a pawn in a game that was being played at Man United at the time. New manager comes in. There was a lot of talk about uh, about De Gea and about moving on. There was a lot of big conversations about his his wage that he was on. Um, he'd had a he'd had a, a strange couple of seasons where he could play for three or four months and be absolutely outstanding, and then he would drop a, a rick. Um, so he was getting a bit of stick. For from Man United fans, and then we're still getting voted Player of the Year. Um, I think there was, I think it was, like I say, politics at play. I think the Bravka got caught in a bit of a bit of a trap in that respect. Um, but now we've got we've got a Martin de Bravka, who, in my opinion, um, I was surprised that we went out and bought Pope because I thought that's how good I thought Martin de Bravka was as a goalkeeper. So de Bravka coming back in to replace Pope through an injury. Um, isn't something that uh, necessarily concerns me. Um, in fact, I think that that it 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 certainly doesn't weaken us. Put it that way. Um, I think he's a, he is a, a very very top class goalkeeper, and I think he's shown in the last um, twelve months nearly um, what a top pro he is. You know, he's he's got his head down. He's worked solid. Um, when he's been called upon, he's come in. He hasn't let us down. Um, and in that respect, um, we've just got to turn around and go just what you've produced in the past when you've been uh, our first choice goalkeeper. And it also means that, that again, Capius, um, he will step up to the plate as number two. He'll be working his socks off. He'll be making sure that he's ready, um, not just willing and able, but ready should he'd be called upon if anything uh, untowards does happen to, to Dubravka. What's going to be interesting as we move on in the League Cup, um, is Dubravka going to be our League Cup goalkeeper or is it going to be Carrius? That's an interesting yeah. 
saying. I mean, it's going to have to be Carrius because he's yeah. going to have to get cup tied for for a semi final potentially. Yeah, exactly. So you know, this is this is where it's going to lead, and we could suddenly find that Carrius plays in a cup final. Um, twice in two seasons for us if we make the League Cup again, which would be remarkable, wouldn't it? You know, you, you wouldn't have put money on that at the start of this season. Um, but uh, getting back to Nick Pope, I mean, it, it it looked an innocuous injury when he first went down. I was with Mitch in the, in the bar watching it, along with Rich. Uh, and when he when he went down there and you saw the, the jaw, at first we thought it was he'd caught his knee. And then, then it was like, no, he doesn't. He didn't seem to be holding his knee at all. Um, and when he when he sat himself up and went down again, and you saw the angle of the arm, you thought, oh. And then when you saw it in slow motion, the way that the arm was outstretched, the way that he landed, and the jarring that really, the, the, as you can see, the arm went in a totally unnatural uh, motion up over, and and it took the full weight on the inside of the arm, and it it. When you saw it in slow motion, you just thought, "Oh, that is, that is nasty." And bearing in mind he's already had one shoulder injury, um, and this is this is a, an operation that's going to be doubly difficult to uh, to repair. Um, understand he's been in and had the operation already, um, which is good. They haven't hung around. Um, they hung around for thinking that uh, with with Murphy and his dislocation that he he would be okay. But I suppose with an outfield player would do that. But with a goalkeeper, where you're diving around and you're you're going down on your on your arm and on your shoulder, um, it it shows you how you know a game can turn in an instant. Um, a lot of us think that goalkeepers get protected too much. It's ironic this was an injury that's caused by a, a normal dive for a goalkeeper. Nobody around him. It wasn't a collision with anyone. You know, nobody was to blame. Purely an accident. <coughs> uh, one of those things that happens in football. But uh, I just hope that he comes back. Um, I hope we don't push him either. I don't think we will because of the two we've got. Um, but what I would say is that Mitch is right. It probably means that Newcastle could uh, potentially start to look at the goalkeeping position a little bit earlier than they might have in terms of whether it's competition for Pope or whether it's even a replacement for Pope. Because if you're going in with a goalkeeper who's now had two severe shoulder injuries, um, and as a professional outfit, you know that, that you're going to be really, really questioning um, what is the most probably one of the most important positions in your team. Um, but uh, the one thing I haven't mentioned was bringing Dibbity here. Um, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think that we've got the we've got able deputies in the two that we've mentioned and a number three in Gillespie, Steve. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Halfway through the short time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickys.co.uk, or drop them an email. Info at mrvickies.co.uk A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670 632 460 or mobiles 0791 4174-0795-71-41654. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 
you get a scarf, a cup, a pen, and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9, at thetooneuk.com. We've also got an event coming up next year. It's in January the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's an evening with Nobby Solano. Tickets are available on Woucher for £20. Don't forget Supermac and Gibbo do every pre-match at Louis Liquor Store. It's free entry, children welcome, and there is great food by Fed's Fried Chicken. They're usually on pre-match and sometimes post-match at Louis Liquor Store. Okay, time for two and look alike. Just a short selection today. Thanks to Tom uh, for this one. Erling Haaland and Majin Boo. Superpowers Unite. He says, uh, old photo of Haaland there. And this one, Oliver Kahn and a gorilla. <laughs> Getting desperate with these, Tom. Um, I had this one um, from Lockie. Uh, Rob Hannaway suggested this. Uh, the team that played today, he says, there's Bruno, Rashford, Maguire and Anana. Your nona one's um, very similar. Even wears his hair the same. But uh, yeah, very good. Uh, bit, something a bit different than that. Uh, this one, Mesut Ozil and Buster Keaton, which I'm sure we've had about 100 times before. Different photos, though. And Jimmy Moore sent this one. Toon lookalike. James Hetfield and Rick James. <laughs> quite similar. Quite similar. Jimmy, not the winner this week, though. I thought that was Tina Turner, actually. <laughs> Tim Cairns, Ganacho, and Skeleton Face. That's good. And this one from Mark Byers. Uh, he says, uh, Walls End Boys Club um, lad Steve Watson there. And uh, who, who would have known that he would have gone on to become a, an actor in sitcom Friends? <laughs> Very Pretty clever. Yeah. Well, Steve Hasty contribution this week comes from Stephen Kennedy. Yeah. Never <laughs> fails, does he? Never fails. He's turning it to uh, This one from <laughs> Jacob. Uh, did you see Steve Wraith in Vikings? <laughs> yeah, me. Not bad, not bad. This is the winner this week, though. Thanks to um, Sam, Jamie Carragher, and Rob Lee. Right. I think it's just a facial expression there. But, uh, yeah, pretty good, that. So that's your winner this week. Keep them coming in, send the lookalikes in, and we will put them on the show. Now, because it's pre-recorded, uh, we don't have uh, our friend Toon Stato's uh, basic build-up to uh, the Spurs game of the weekend. And you've got to bear with us because we've recorded this on Thursday ahead of the Everton fixture. So, um, injury-wise, we uh, we may be slightly out with this. But we do know that Newcastle take on Tottenham Hotspur 4.30 uh, on Sunday. It's a live kickoff on Sky Sports. All the away tickets section, uh, all the way tickets have been sold. And uh, the referee is Chris Kavanagh, which will be his third game of the season uh, um, looking after Newcastle United. There was a 1 0 home victory, of course, against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup and a 2 0 loss at Bournemouth. VAR, which is often switched off for Newcastle games, is Peter Banks. So uh, that's all we know uh, as we go into this. Uh, but we do have our friend, uh, Scunny Mag Paul, uh, giving us his uh, little take on where you can go if you're going to London. Hi guys, Paul here with your quick away guide for Spurs. For those of you driving in, there's car parks in the area. A lot of them are run by local schools. Um, I like to support those normally, but these are 25 quid for a match day parking session, and I think that's a bit of a rip-off. Um, there are other options, and up by the North Middlesex Hospital, there's some free street parking if you're lucky enough. If not, they've got parking spaces all around the hospital, and it'll set you back five quid, which is a bargain for London. Your postcode for that is November 181 Quebec X-Ray. For those coming in by train, London King's Cross is probably the station most of us will be coming into. Um, 
a lot of people like to stay and have a drink in the pubs around there because it's less hassle. Um, I know that's what we'll probably be doing. Make sure you leave plenty of time to head up to the ground. Once you're ready to leave King's Cross area, it's the Victoria Line to Seven Sisters or Tottenham Hale. Seven Sisters is your better option, especially if you're running late, because you can jump on the 149 or 249 bus just outside the station. It runs every three minutes and drops you right outside the ground. It will be about a 25-minute walk from either of the tube stations up to the stadium. It's about two and a half kilometres, which is about a mile and a half. If you are heading straight up to the ground area, there are three pubs, and I'll list them in order from the tube station to nearest the ground. So... First one you come to if you're walking from the tube up to the ground is the Elmhurst, postcode November 176X-ray Echo, and the what three words is they value bill. After that, you've got the Antwerp Arms, November 178 Alpha Sierra, and the what three words is Alien Device River. And then finally, closest to the ground, you've got the Irish Centre, which is at November 178 Delta X-ray. And the what three words is Digits Ashes Prime. Once you are heading up to the ground, the away section is on the northeast corner. We'll be housed in the lower tier on the corner of the pitch. And your what three words for the away entrance is Dice Shaped Usage. That's all from me. Enjoy the game. Got to be my favourite one this week. Dice Shaped Usage. Um, Dice Shaped Prediction. Dice Shaped Prediction. I like it. Uh, yeah, look, so obviously, slight disadvantage. We're pre-recording this before the Everton game, so we don't know what the result was on Thursday. Uh, but, look, Newcastle Spurs, difficult game, difficult away opposition. Uh, they'll be chomping at the bit. They've been up at up, up that top end of the table uh, for uh, you know the majority of the season. A couple of setbacks in recent weeks, Mitch. But um, Newcastle um, hoping, I guess, to uh, stay in touch with those teams at the top. They're going to need to take something at Tottenham. Yeah, they need to take something from Tottenham, but uh, obviously they'll be on the back of a 1-0 win at Everton tonight with Anthony Gordon tucking in the winner on the 73rd minute. Oh. Uh, um, so, you know, let's see how we'll go with that one. Um, look, going to Spurs is never an easy place to go, but it's one that we seem to enjoy. I remember we're going there at times where we were given no chance at all. Um Postacoglu's got them playing decent football, but they've not had the hardest run of fixtures either. Um, they're now whinging about injuries. Well, <laughs> is this now the injury derby? It, 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 they've got nothing like the problems we've, we've got. Um, and they seem to be given a bit of grace for that. Um, for all they're organised, they're there to be got at. And I don't think they'll enjoy our style of play. Um, they remind me a little bit of the way um, both uh, PSG and then, uh, um, well, yeah, yeah, just basically how they wanted to play the ball around at the back and they then couldn't cope with the press. And I think it's very much the same with Tottenham. I think they'll want to do the same thing. And I think we can get on top of them early. They're there to be got at. Um, shouldn't have any fear. We're going into a state-of-the-art stadium, which is something people have been talking about all week. Um, and it's, it's supposedly a very, very good playing surface. And again, that will suit us and the way we play, particularly when Bruno's boss in the midfield. That, that the way we ping that ball around and the high tempo that we use, and some of those clever little dink passes should work in our favour. Yeah, Steve, difficult to talk about the game. As I say, we don't know what the situation is, um, slight disadvantage, but let's just say that we come through tonight's game unscathed with a point or three points in the bag. Uh, sets us up nicely for that game and no more injuries and potentially one or two players hopefully you know you know in with a reckoning of at least featuring on the bench potentially Botman or Wilson or or Emil Kraft you know the more the merrier um but but yeah this this game ha and, and since the move to this new ground has been it's been a happy hunting ground for Newcastle especially Joe Linton yeah he likes the game against Spurs doesn't he he does, yeah, absolutely. Uh, state the art ground, Mitch says, yeah, and and you say that the, the the new stadium that they've got, um, twenty five minutes from the nearest railway station, <laughs> it's that state yeah. of the art. This is, you know, we're, we're talking about moving moving out of city centre. They stayed 
where they were, but obviously it's London, but there's nothing you can do about it. But uh, you'd think that the transport system would be a little bit better than just getting a bus every three minutes up to a ground along with the other 60-odd thousand people or parking in somewhere where it's going to cost you 25 notes. Absolutely shocking. But, uh, yeah, happy hunting ground for, for Joe Linton. Seems to play very, very well there. Seems to enjoy it. Seems to like it. Um, but so do Newcastle at the moment. You know, they seem to be enjoying their football. And as Mitch says, we we carry on the the, the, the high-pressing game that we showed. Um, the way we played against Chelsea, I thought, was outstanding. The Manchester United game was probably one of the best pressing games you'll you'll see. That's a textbook, and that that that's a sort of uh, style of football that that in in years to come, coaches will be showing example to to their players and saying, look what you know when the when the ball comes down the left, this is how you press when you're trying to feed the goalkeeper's trying to feed out from the right. Look at the angles that you need to run in on. You don't, as a centre forward, you don't run straight onto a keeper and you give him the options of left or right. You run from an angle, so you're forced to go only one way. All of those little tricks that were shown. Um, then you see how you, you get one midfielder to drop off, two to push on. The goalkeeper drops the ball into the hole and that midfielder, in, in this case, Lewis Miley, regularly picking the ball up and then just feeding it and filtering it back in. Um, everything about that game was, was brilliant. And I think, you know, if we can carry on on the same foot on Sunday against a Spurs team who apparently under Postacoglu like to uh, like to play attacking football, that, that he's being praised to the to the hilt. Although you did mention something there, Mitch, about their supporters, that they do have a, a, a bit of a critical um, viewpoint, don't they, at times on everything, you know. And at the moment, they're criticising them because of the gun ho way that they're playing. Um, only a couple of weeks ago, they were they were complaining that they weren't scoring goals. Now that it's the gun ho way, and I've read this. I'll just read this out here. This was Postacoglu when he was asked about fans disagreeing with his tactics. He goes, "That's what we love about the game, mate." He loves that word, doesn't he, mate? Uh, typical Aussie. He goes, "I love it when you see two blokes arguing about football." You think they're going to kill each other. And then you go the next day and they're sitting at the same table arguing again. <laughs> and, and that's what football is about, isn't it? It's all about opinions. It's all about about uh, living for the moment and then waiting for the next moment, living for one game, waiting for the next game, um, analysing, um, doing your little post-mortems um, and then just looking forward to what's, what's next to come. And I think that's the way that Newcastle fans are looking at every game now. You know, there's very little post-mortem stuff. It's all praise and it's all, weren't we fantastic? And then we've got the build-up. I mean, I think it's a bit different to just having a preview. Ours is a build-up with Newcastle fans at the moment because we're building ourselves up again um, in the same way as the players are because they're not getting much of a break, not much of a rest. Um, you know, you, you listen to Jurgen Klopp with his interview um, on uh, on Wednesday night where he was asked about another 12.45 kickoff, and you see him just completely boys top, you know, and, and I thought the reporter was asking a fairly decent question. That shows you the pressure that these guys are under uh, at that level, and Postacoglu seems to be taking it all in his stride in a very, very sensible and calm and measured way, rather like Eddie Howe, who, uh, no matter what the try, uh, they try and throw at him, whether it's the press or opposition managers, is just showing dignity and more dignity and even more dignity, no matter what gets thrown at him. So uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, dugout. They'll probably end up in fisty cuffs. The two of them will get chin in each other and they'll both get three match pans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the dice say, Mitch? The dice says... Ooh. 1 1. Ooh. Okay, 1 1. What, what do you say, Mitch? Odd goal in three to us. 2 1. 2 1. Okay. Steve? That's what I was going to say, and that's what I'm well, you can. I am. I'm not. Oh, don't worry. I'm still going to say it because uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those games. I think it's. It, I think it's going to be. It's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Um, and I think that you know, like I said, if we can carry on playing in, in the, the the manner that we are, we are doing it at the moment, um, then I have no fears of us coming away with three points. And that's what it's all about: picking up points on the road. I'd be delighted if it's one. But I think we can on this on this one get three points, setting up nicely for the following week when we uh, we have the little matter of Milan and then Fulham. <laughs> I'm going to go for a three-two. I think the Newcastle it's a gung-ho game with the goals goals at either end. Um, I think yeah, three-two. But I, I fancy Newcastle to win that. And uh, if we're going to go for um, Mystic Meg for um, 
what do you think the Everton game would have been? Uh, kind of, I'm, I'm going to go two nil and uh, and Anthony Gordon to get one of those goals at least. Uh, Steve, what would you have said if you'd had the chance to predict the Everton game? I, I was going to say one all. I thought it might pick up a point. Um, mm. Just the way that they 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 are pulling themselves around that, that bear pit of an atmosphere. Although having said that, it was a bear pit last season and we, we it was four one. So, uh, but no, I think I'm going to go for a one all draw. To, all end. right, it'll be interesting. Just remember that we didn't know uh, beforehand, so uh, it, was, it was a pure guess. Uh, <laughs> okay, Diamet. Yeah, mate, we'll ask you to send in photographs of you meeting somebody from Newcastle United, past or present. Uh, thanks to Dougie Morris, big fan of the show. He says, one for my memories at the stack. He says, great podcast again, lads. Thanks yes. a lot. And it's uh, Matty Longstaff at the stack with Dougie Morris. So uh, right. thanks for sending that in, mate. If you've, got a, if you've got a photograph of yourself with somebody from Newcastle United, past or present, send it in. And it gives us an opportunity to pay this lovely bit of music. <laughs> Okay, just under 10 minutes left. Just want to talk about the fan survey, uh, Mitch, which came out to uh, support us. And uh, most of us will have got it and filled it in. Um, I thought it was very comprehensive. Um, I saw, once again, the fallout on social media about such a such a survey being sent out and the reasons and why and what those questions about and this is that. And, um, you know, I, just a typical meltdown um, on, on social media. I, you know, I filled it in. That's all I did. We asked Newcastle United to communicate with us, and they are communicating with us, and they're asking us the questions. And um, there's nothing more I'd love to be able to do than spend, you know, 12 grand on a tunnel seat and be able to see the players in the tunnel and take somebody along as a guest who maybe doesn't get the opportunity to go and and, and, and sample the atmosphere from there. But um, I'm afraid I can't afford that. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But I certainly don't disagree with, say, 60 seats being given to people who can afford it to plough that into our football club to up the financial fair play, commercial revenue to help us buy more players to to help us dominate football for the next 25, 30 years and beyond. Um, the, the new stadium situation is something which will hang over us over the course of the next few years because it won't be built overnight. And I'm sure that Whatever they decide to do, whether they decide to extend short term and then build a new stadium or whether they decide to build a new stadium and not extend, um, you know, I'm afraid the survey is not going to play a full part. They've communicated with us. They've ticked the box. Uh, but ultimately, they'll do what do what they want to do and what's right for the football club. And they'll do what they're allowed to do because ultimately, you know, there's not there's nothing to say that the NIMBYs won't come straight back out and say, well, if you're planning on building this on this bit of land, we're going to object to it. Lots of things to consider. Lots of things to happen. I think, personal opinion, I love the ground to stay in the city centre. I'd love, to, I'd love for it to stay on its original plot. I'm not sure that's possible. Um, but I've just got to have to go with what the club say, and ultimately, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have an option. And and if the time comes that I get priced out of St James's because I can't afford to go, then I'll just have to accept. I'm afraid that some things are more important than football. Um, I'll just have to watch mm-hmm. it on the telly with millions of other people around the world. But for me, we wanted this. We've got it. We've just got to get on with it. And I do not understand why people are kicking up with us and going mental about it. It's classic, isn't it? I mean, we want communication, but not that kind of communication. Uh, we we want to be asked the hard questions, but not those hard questions. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you think it wasn't, some of it wasn't relevant to you, it is. They want to gauge where can we go with ticket prices? Where can we go with packages? What can we do with what we have? You can only pay with the cup you've got. <laughs> At the end of the day, um, we can talk about extensions. Nearly every extension option has been looked at over time, and more possibles 
are still, you know, in, to be further discussed. Um, keeping the ground in and around the current location for me would be great. But as you all know, and I've said many a time on here, I've made my peace with the fact that at some stage in the future, if we really want to go stellar, we, I don't think we can do it with St. James's Park where it is and in the way it is. Now, again, the solution's potentially there, but that then needs everybody on board. We are in a very different time, though. This isn't the 1990s where the, the, the council held a lot of the power. The council's nearly bloody bankrupt. They're desperate for, for money. Um, and money talks in Newcastle United have lots of it. Um, and I think that could sway many a planning decision in the right direction for us. Um, the club need to ask difficult questions. And anybody who's answered, no, I can't afford that, then that, that answer counts. And it matters in the need to hear that. Um, they're not talking about taking away the soul of the club and they're not talking about taking away the working class game. What they're talking about is where can we expand this? What is the appetite for that expansion and who can actually afford that expansion? Um, and this is only one very small part of what I think will be more to come. Um, I totally understand why some people aren't happy with the survey. I totally understand why people feel that it might not be relevant to them. Um, but any answer you've given that survey is relevant and really important that if you're not happy with it, you say so. This is your opportunity to. This is what you've asked for. Um, so grab it with both hands. Um, very interesting to see certain people uh, complaining about a survey when they use surveys exclusively within uh, what they do. Um, was it perhaps because they weren't involved with this survey? I just don't know. It seemed a strange reaction. Um, I hate me between the lines about what I'm saying there. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's really difficult that we've asked for communication. We've been given more communication. And, and I understand why some people feel like it's lip service. Mm -hmm. And I would say at the club right now, if I was face to face with Darren Eels and Peter Silverstone, look, if you know what you want to do, just do it and tell them what you're doing. Yeah. And then, then get people on board from that point. Because if you approach it right, you will. Go back to how John Hall put his proposals forward. Yes, there were some people who weren't happy about quote unquote leaving St James's Park, even though it was 800 metres up the road or whatever. Um, You'll not please everyone. You won't. You, you just can't. And, and, and again, like with the ticketing and like many other things, when you try to please everybody, you then fail everybody. So if you know what you want to do now, why don't you just put a plan together about how you're going to tell her? And then let's take it from there. Um, will it become easier once a fans advisory board is convened? Don't know. I don't think so. Either you're shaking your head then. Um, um, I don't think so either. Um, I think the makeup of that is potentially not necessarily helpful for the ordinary fan. Um, that's just, again just a personal opinion on it, but uh, let's see where that goes. And so, yeah, um, I can see why people are upset about it. Um, I don't think there's any need to be terribly upset about it. They're not suddenly going to start ripping out seats and charging you 12 grand for your seat next season. That's not coming that quick. But they do need to have some sort of barometer of where they can go. Mm -hmm. Okay, Steve, we'll give you the final word on this before we finish tonight. So, <coughs> sorry, sorry, folks, it is. You're just tuning in. A short, a short tonight, and it's pre-recorded because we couldn't do a live. Well, I couldn't do a live. So, yeah, Steve, fan survey out this week. Thoughts and, uh, what, and what Mitch just said. It's interesting that Mitch talking there and listening to that. And um, what I would say is that now that now that the survey is out, that that's now that the club's released the survey, and now that they're gonna they're gathering the data and they're gonna now got to very cleverly extrapolate all of that and to come up with some sort of consensus. That it's one of the worst things you can do is to is to use that data and then just use that as the as the as the the mechanism and the benchmark or whatever. 
um, because there's so much within that. There's so much hidden. There's so much more um, that once you once you open that can of worms, there's so much more that you need to then uh, drill into and 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 dig down to 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 get the true strength of feeling. Um, I can understand why they've done it, as you say, identifying who can afford a twelve grand. Um, let's face it, most people can't. The average man in the street can't afford a twelve grand season ticket. Um, there will be one or two out there that can. It's it's more geared to corporate and business and people with companies and the, you know writing these things off against tax and and all that type of thing. Um, football's moving on, but it, it it's moving on in a in a different way. It's not that long ago we were talking about and saying that you know what you don't act, you can actually get away without without charging a penny to fans, just virtually giving away tickets away for free. Now, all of a sudden, we've gone full Celt there and we're now talking about 75, 85, 100 quid, 120 quid tickets for a game and upwards. Um, it was two seasons ago, during COVID um, and, and before that, we were saying the amount of money that you're getting in TV revenue, um, the percentage that comes from fans is incidental. You know, we're, we're, we're bringing in... the in in attendance money less than it's costing with a, a sign a striker um a 25 million pound striker at that who would probably be sitting on the bench although he wouldn't at newcastle he's probably you probably straight into the first team because of our injuries um, but uh yeah now that now that they're talking they've got to continue that dialogue they've got to really really get down to the nitty-gritty it's all well and good saying um would you do this would you be interested in that and just taking a year or an year I think when when we now need to they now need to have um an awful lot more conversation um with sensible people who can say yes the yes the, the bit that's always around a survey like that is the but what about the but the questions that come from an answer the questions that come from a question um the follow-ups the follow-up to a to an answer is always the most interesting part sometimes of an answer um when it's when it's when it's couched in sort of uh, one or two word answers it's when you start to drill down and you start to get to the to the real hub of the problem and there will be problems at Newcastle um, if they carry on in, in this manner there's no doubt about that you can just tell that by the strength of feeling that came out in some parts because it was a survey and you know they don't agree with the survey and then other parts because some of the points within the survey either didn't relate don't relate, won't relate, can't relate to, um, or don't understand the purpose of. Um, so now that they've done it, they've got to carry on with it. Um, and it's going to be, there's going to be bones of contention right the way through, Steve. Um, I personally think that they'd be far better looking at ways that they can extend St. James's Park, clever ways that can extend it. Because I think if you are talking about a new state of the arts um, stadium, I thought, I think you're looking eight to ten years in the future um, by the time you get involved with all of the consultations that you need with councils, the identifying the land, the infrastructure that goes around it, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So in the interim, I think they should be looking at ways of getting 65 plus in, but also accommodating some of those £12,000 uh, seats that they're talking about, some of the more corporate areas. The clever ways of put, putting corporate in without affecting anything to do with individual fans yeah. uh, you know, we talked about on our little group. You know, there the, the could be a little mini tower block built in in, in the corner of the Gallagher and then the, in both corners, like they have some some of the grounds in Spain where they have a tower block. I've seen it done it at the Grand Prix. They have it at Silverstone. Uh, I've been in one of the one of the boxes that they have um, at Silverstone where you're overlooking the uh, the racetrack and you're talking about there twelve pound twelve thousand pound ahead on the day. Um, with luxury like you've never never experienced in your life before, um, and there's no reason why you couldn't do that. Um, I think that there's 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 grounds in South America that do very very similar. Um, so, if the corporate is important to them, if that's where the additional revenue is going to come from, because I don't think there's much additional revenue that you can squeeze out of the fans at the moment. Not the day to day fans, the run of the mill fans, the normal fans like ourselves. Um, fans who work on a budget, fans who live on a budget, and fans who are, let's face it, and we've heard it many, many, many times um, mentioned by the club, the die-hard fans, the, the salt of the earth, 
the, the fans that, that make so much of the atmosphere at St James's Park. So they've got to find a happy medium. And if the happy medium comes from starting surveys and starting the dialogue, um, the, who are they? Who are they then going to talk to, and how are they going to carry on that dialogue? It has to be with the season ticket holders. It has to be with yeah. that whole cohort. It can't be with twelve angry men and women in a room. Um, it can't be with a fans advisory group who they decided are representative of the of the fan base. It can't be that. It's got to be because it affects so many people. It's got to be right. Yeah, rank and file. Rank rank, that's a great, great phrase, Steve. Rank and file. What a way to end the show. And I, and I, rank and file. I also, also get why people were upset. They're asking questions about £12,000 season tickets where we've got a food bank stand outside the ground at every game. Yes. It does feel a little bit crass. It does feel a little bit inelegant. Yeah. Um, but again, I understand why they've got to ask the questions too. Great way to end the show, as you say, Steve. Uh, sorry it's a shorter one, folks, but at least we gave you something of the uh, the Amigos this week. Uh, back, uh, normal service resumed next week. But for now, thanks to Steve, thanks to Mitch, thanks to you, thanks to all the mods, and we uh, will see you next week. Have a good weekend. Take care, lads. Thank you, everyone.